Turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20. Book of Exodus chapter 20. And as you're turning there, what did the dad spider say to his son spider? Son, you're spending way too much time on the web. Some things don't change, do they? Amen. This morning I want to talk about a day of rest. Amen. Technology. We think about technology, the advances in technology, and technology has provided us with just a slew of gadgets that were made to simplify our lives. We have smartphones that can do just about everything. There, there are many powerful computers right at our fingertips. You know, we have cars that can, you know, parallel park themselves and drive themselves. We have refrigerators that, that talk to us and tell us exactly what's inside of them. You know, we have all of these, these gadgets that were created, and they were designed to save us time every single day. Amen. So here's a question. Then why are we always in a hurry? Why are we always still running late? There has never been a time in history such as this, what we see today, where we are frantically running to and fro, here and there, run, 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 hurry, hurry, hurry. Our lives, you know, our families, we are under such immense pressure today. We suffer from the restless home syndrome. Amen? We suffer from the restless home syndrome. Now, one thing I want to be clear is that this is not God's plan for us. Amen? This is not how God had imagined for us. A few years ago, you know, we could come home from work and prop our legs up and say, boy, it's good to be home. It was such a jungle out there. The problem is today, it's a jungle at home, amen? The restless home syndrome. So what do we do about it? Well, this morning, I want us to look into God's word to find the remedy to cure that restless home syndrome. Let's start in Exodus chapter 20, skip down to, let's start at verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter, nor your male servant nor your female servant, nor your cattle nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he hallowed it. So the first thing I want us to see this morning is I want us to see the giving of the Sabbath. God has given us a day of rest. However, most of us are guilty of not using it, or at least not using it properly. Most of us don't really know what a, what a good rest is all about, amen? 
Our lives are so cluttered and, and, and we're just, just packed full of, of things to do and places to be and, and we're always running here and there. But here in our text, we see that God has given his people. Now, I want to clarify. I want to make sure we're paying attention. In our text here in Exodus chapter 20, in the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 20, God has given his people, the Israelites, a wonderful gift. He gave them the Sabbath, a Sabbath day. And it was a gift. We think about what Jesus said in the, in the Gospel of Mark. Chapter 2, verse 27. Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man, talking about himself, is also Lord of the Sabbath. It's important for us to understand exactly what Jesus was talking about here. All of God's commandments, you think about them. There's a lot of, a lot of commandments, amen? We're familiar with the Ten. We're all familiar with the Ten Commandments, but the Bible is full of commandments, full of God's precepts, front to back. All of God's commandments were made for us. Amen? They were made for us. When we, let me ask you a question. So think about this. When we honor the Lord, does it make him more holy? Silly, right? When we honor the Lord, it makes us more holy. All of God's commandments were for us. They were made for us to, to make us better. They were made for our benefit. God didn't give us his commandments to, to watch us struggle and, you know, watch us squirm to try to keep them. He gave them to us to keep us from harm. When we read through the Bible, when God says don't, what is he saying? God is saying don't get hurt. Amen? When God says don't do this or don't do that, he's saying, listen, I don't want to see you hurt. So when God says don't, he's saying don't get hurt. So God gave the Jews in the Old Testament, he gave them the Sabbath. Amen? So what about us today? In the New Testament, the New Testament church, what about us today? Well, to us, God gave us something even better, something even more intimate. Today we have the Lord's Day. Amen? We have the Lord's Day. The Sabbath has been transformed into, into something more infinite, into something more rejuvenating. And it's called the Lord's Day. Amen? When you think about it, it's actually the, the culmination of the Sabbath. Why? Because Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. Amen? Jesus flat declared, he declared over and over that he came to fulfill the law. So the Lord's day in Jesus Christ, the Lord's day is the fulfillment of the law. So we think about it as the privileged bride of Christ. As the privileged church, we as born again believers, we have been given a day of rest. 
And if we enjoy it properly, if we use it as we should, it will become one of the richest treasures in your treasure chest. Amen. God gave us this wonderful gift, this day of rest. Now, the word Sabbath literally means rest, plain and simple. Amen? When God talks about a Sabbath, he's literally talking, talking about a rest. The word Sabbath literally means rest. The Bible tells us, it, it speaks of, it describes, it, it teaches us of three primary rest days. Amen? The first, number one, is the creation rest. Creation rest. Amen? So the first is the creation rest. We see it here in Exodus chapter 20, in verse 11, as we read earlier. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and he rested the seventh day. Genesis chapter 2, starting at verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and he sanctified it because in it, he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. So God created all things in six days. Then the Bible tells us on the seventh day, he did what? He rested. Amen? He rested. But that rest has been disturbed. That rest has been disrupted. What is it that put God back to work? We did. Amen? We did. Our sins. Amen? John chapter 5. Skipping down to verse 15. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus, and they sought to kill him, because he had done things on the what? The Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, and he said, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. When we put it all into context, we have a greater understanding of the significance of Jesus healing on the Sabbath. Amen? Now we understand a little better. God's rest from his first great work, that first great work of creation, it has been disturbed. It has been disrupted. So what does the Bible say is the second rest? Well, that's the covenant rest. So the creation rest, that pertained to Almighty God. Amen? That pertained to Almighty God. The covenant rest pertains to the nation of Israel. Now, when you read through the Bible, you study the Bible, it won't take you long to figure out that God has a special people. Amen? God has a chosen people, and they are the Israelites. Amen? The Israelites. And he gave them a special day. 
That was on the seventh day of the week. That was the seventh day of rest. He gave them a Sabbath on the last day of the week. Exodus chapter 31. Skip it down to verse 13. And the Lord spoke to Moses. This is what he said. He said, speak also to the children of Israel. So who is he speaking to? The Israelites. Saying, surely my Sabbaths you shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you. Who's you? The Israelites. Amen. We have to understand who God is speaking to specifically. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Skip down to verse 16. Therefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath. Who shall keep the Sabbath? The children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth. On the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Two times. God only needs to say things how many times? Once, amen? He has all authority. He only needs to say it once. But in a couple verses, he repeats himself twice. He wants us to understand that he's making this covenant between who? He and the nation of Israel. It is between he and they, God and Israel only. Now, I want you to understand this because God also follows this up with a warning to those who want to keep the Old Testament Sabbath. God gives a very stern warning in verse 15. Staying in, in, in chapter 31. He said, Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. So what was the penalty for doing any work on the Sabbath day? It was death. There was a death penalty applied. So God gave a very stern warning to his people that if they worked on the Sabbath day, the penalty was death. And that was for any type of work. If you go to uh, chapter uh, 35 in the book of Exodus, a couple chapters over, Exodus 35. Starting at verse 1. Then Moses gathered all the congregation of Israel together and said to them, These are the words which the Lord has commanded you to do. Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh day shall be a holy day for you, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. You shall kindle no fire throughout your dwellings on the Sabbath day. In layman's terms, if that were to be applied to us today, what did they kindle a fire for in their home? For light? For eating? For heat? 
That means we couldn't turn on a light switch. We couldn't turn on our oven or our stove. We couldn't turn on the heat in our home. All of that would have been considered work. And what was the penalty? Death. If you decide to put yourself under the Old Testament covenant Sabbath and you do any work whatsoever, you are breaking the Sabbath law and subject to death for doing so. This is why I can't stress over and over that this covenant was between who? God and Israel only. This was his covenant between his chosen people. Now, to make things even worse, the Jews added to the word of God, and they came up with an additional 39 ways in which you could break the Sabbath. That wasn't enough for them. So then they took that, and they broke that down into 39 different subdivisions, and then they continued to break that down into an additional 39 different subdivisions to the point that they had 1,521 ways in which you could break the Sabbath. 1,521 specific ways. You know, there's no wonder why Jesus uh, uh, made the statement in, in Mark 7. He said that you were making the word of God of no effect through your traditions. Making the word of God of no effect through your traditions. That's why they hated him for healing on the Sabbath. They added and added and added to the word of God to the point where it was choking every single Jew in trying to keep the law. And they despised Jesus for healing on the Sabbath. So there was a creation rest. God rested on the seventh day after he created all things in six days. And then there was a covenant rest, a sign, between God and Israel only. That is the Saturday Sabbath. That is the seventh day Sabbath. A covenant between God and Israel only. So thirdly, we have the Calvary rest. Creation rest, amen, the covenant rest, and the Bible talks about the Calvary rest. The third rest the Bible teaches us in the word of God. This one pertains to us, amen? This one is for the New Testament church. As I said earlier, Jesus is the fulfillment of the law of God. He is, as the Bible declares, he is the Lord of the Sabbath. And just like everything else, from Genesis to Revelation, everything in the Old Testament, all of the feasts, all of the ceremonies, all of the special days that they set aside, all of those things... They were symbols pointing to who? To Jesus Christ. Amen? Every Old Testament feast, every Old Testament ceremony, they were all symbols pointing us to Jesus Christ. Amen? 
When did God rest? <coughs> After his work of creation, right? When did Jesus rest? After his work of what? Redemption. Also known as the new creation. The new birth. Amen? The Bible uses these words interchangeably. After his work of redemption, after his birth, uh, work of the new birth, the new creation is when Jesus rested. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, then he is a what? A new creation. Amen? A new creation. This is what Jesus was talking about in John 5. When he said, my father has been working, and I have been what? Working. Jesus was working out our redemption when he came, amen? He was working out our redemption. He was working out our new creation. He came to work. Work out our redemption. Work out our new birth, our new creation. Think about Calvary, right? We're talking about Calvary rest. When Jesus was on the cross, when he bowed his head in perfect submission, and before he took his last breath, what did he say? He declared, it is finished. Amen? It is finished. What was finished? His work. Amen? His work of redemption. His work of the new birth. His work in the new creation. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. This was God's second great work. Amen? Creation was God's first great work. The new creation, redemption, is God's second great work. Look in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. But this man, talking about Christ... After he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, what did he do? He sat down at the right hand of God. Sat down at the right hand of God. What do you, why do you sit down? To do what? To rest. Amen? After Jesus finished his work, of the new creation, he sat down and he rested at the right hand of the Father. Amen? He rested. Let's let God teach us something here this morning. Go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Skip it down to verse 13. Listen to what God said here. He says, In you... Being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he, Jesus, has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he is taking it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross." Praise God, we were dead, but now we are alive in Christ. Amen? Praise God, we were in sin, but now we are forgiven through his precious blood. 
All because of Christ. In Bible times, when a man was found guilty of a crime or crimes, those in charge, they would write down every single crime that that person committed. Make a list, and they would put it on that jail, the door of their jail cell. And that was known as the handwriting of requirements, the handwriting of ordinance, also known as a certificate of debt. It had, a, had several different names. Praise God that Jesus took the handwriting of ordinances that were against us. He took our certificate of debt and he nailed it to his cross. Amen? It was a list of all of our sins that we committed against God. And he nailed it to the cross of Calvary. And his blood covered every single thing on that list. Amen. And it covers it today. Praise God. And then he stamped on it. In his own blood. Paid in full. Paid in full. Because he paid our sin debt. Those prison doors, they were sprung wide open. And we were set free. Amen. Let's keep reading here in verse 15. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a, a public spectacle of them. Triumphing over them in it. Now here's the key. Listen to verses 16 and 17. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come. So what is the Bible telling us? All of those festivals, all of those feasts, all of those ceremonies, even the Sabbath of the New Testament or the Old Testament, they were what? They were merely shadows of things to come, but the substance is of who? Is of Christ. Everything in the Old Testament was a shadow. It was a symbol of things to come in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the substance. We need to be mindful. We need to be very careful. That we are not wasting time, that we are not wasting energy, chasing shadows, amen? Trying to uphold Old Testament law and Old Testament covenants. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 11. Everyone knows this verse. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I don't know about you, but the older I get, the more I covet rest. Amen. I appreciate rest. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is why Jesus could declare that. Why? 
because Jesus is our rest. Amen? He is our rest. He has done all the work. And he's now seated at the right hand of God the Father. He is at rest and he is our rest. Amen? This is why we rest on Sunday. That was the day that Jesus conquered death and he conquered hell and he conquered the grave and he conquered all of our enemies. And what does the Bible call this day? It's called the Lord's Day. Revelation chapter 1 verse 10. John the Revelator, when he received the revelation of Jesus Christ, he said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard, a, I heard behind me a loud voice as a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. The Old Testament Sabbath is never Never called the Lord's day. Amen. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. It is his day. And let us ever rest in our precious Lord and Savior forever and ever.